0: Welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries, where our vision is knowing God, loving people and making disciples. We trust this week's message will be a blessing to your life. Enjoy the teaching ministry of KLM. Welcome,
1: welcome to Kingdom Living Ministries. Thank you for joining us today. I pray that you had a wonderful night of sleep. As I come before you, I I come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I, I grace and peace be unto you from the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. Know that God loves you and that he has ordered your steps to even to look at this broadcast. Pray that this word that I have for you, that it will be a blessing to you, that it will be a blessing, that you'll be blessed by it. I want to welcome each and every one of you all. If you're not familiar with our ministry, you can check us out on KingdomLivingNJ.org. Find out about us and what we believe and how we came about, and so forth, and just learn more about us. We we exist for the glory of God, and our vision is knowing God and loving people and making disciples. That's what we're about, and our mission is preparing people for eternity. We want to populate heaven, make sure people have every opportunity to miss hell. We believe that hell is real, but heaven is real as well. And we believe that you we want to give you an opportunity before the end of this broadcast to receive Jesus and to make him the Lord of your life. Jesus is the only way, the truth in the life, that no one can come to God, the Father, unless they go through Him. And so that's who we preach about. <clears throat> that's why we exist. It's because of Jesus that we have peace with God. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18. I'm going to pray. And then we're going to dive into this word. Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word. Thank you your word is life and it's power. I thank you that wherever the word of the king is, there is power, according, according to Ecclesiastes. And we thank you for this opportunity to share your word. May I preach and teach as a man from heaven. May I not speak as a mere man, but I speak as the oracles of God. Thank you that my tongue is a pen of a ready writer. I pray for supernatural divine utterance that I may boldly may know the mysteries of the gospel. Father, I pray for those who are listening. I pray that they would grant, that you are granted to them the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, that the eyes of their understanding will be enlightened, that they may know what is the hope of your calling and what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in the saints, what is the exceeding greatness of your power towards them that believe. Thank you for this opportunity to share your word. It's your word that causes us to know you. It's your word that makes us clean before you. I thank you that we stand before you as clean before you as Adam and Eve did prior to the fall. That because of the blood of Jesus, I thank you that your wrath has turned into your favor. And we thank you for these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So today I want to talk about the name of my message called The Divine Exchange. The divine exchange. The thing about the cross, we, we declared that the month of April is the month of the cross and the resurrection. The ugliness of sin and the dangers of it. Sin is a power that has been destroy has been destroying many lives since the fall. Sin is what took Jesus to the cross. As we think about sin, we as we see how ugly sin is, we can value the cross of Jesus. Sin is disobedience to the moral laws of God. It is failing to obey the Lord. Sin is not just limited to sexual sins, but also anywhere from drugs to gambling problems, control uh, um, a a a. I guess to say, a, a, a sin can be even of the heart. There are sins of the heart, pride, and so forth. And we know from Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, that the Lord promised that he will send the, the chosen one, Jesus. He said the seed of the woman will crush the head of the serpent, which represents Satan. And so Jesus was prophesied from Genesis to Revelation, 1 Corinthians chapter one. If you have your Bible so I'm reading out of the New King James Version. I've been in New King James Version for the last couple of weeks. I love the ESV, but I kind of fell back in love with the New King James Version. So you'll you'll you from time to time you'll see me with different translations, but my main translation here at the church is the ESV. I love the ESV. It's something that uh, the committee that was on that translation was a great committee and they really did a great job and maybe perhaps we'll get one of the ministers to talk about the different translations and and how the Bible came about you know if you're interested in that just come on put a heart up there and we'll make sure we do that then we'll do a Wednesday night Bible study with some of the ministers explaining where the Bible came from and why so many different translations. So 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 18 says this, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. Last week we talked about what happened at the cross. We know that the message of the cross, it sounds foolish to those who are not believers, and it actually says to those who are perishing, but it is the power of God, to those who are being saved. And we know that salvation is in three tenths: past, present, and future. Perhaps we'll get into that. And Paul says in 1, Timothy, 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 1 through 5. We shared a little bit about this and how he came not, he came to preach Christ and Him crucified. And I, I asked the question even last week: why are we preaching another message? We're preaching all kinds of things, but we need to be focused on the main thing. And then we also touched a little bit on Galatians 2.20. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and go to Galatians 2.20. Galatians 2.20, we're talking about the divine exchange. What took place at the cross? This is so important. This is the message of Christianity I said this last week, but I, I believe it's, it's it's worth repeating. You can get a new car without Jesus. You can get a new house without Jesus. You can get a better job without Jesus. And when I say that, I don't say that out of disrespect. I'm simply saying that if you do some things in the natural, you can get those things. Christianity is not about making a better version of yourself, but it's about becoming who God created you to be. The first thing that God does is he, is he calls us to, him, to his son. First Corinthians chapter one verse nine says, God is faithful who's called you into the fellowship with his son. So God has called us into faith in Jesus. Galatians two twenty says this, it says, I have been crucified with Christ It is no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. In the life which I now live in the faith, in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I believe the New English translation says, I live by the faithfulness of the Son of God, which kind of turns a different twist on that latter part. So the life that we now live, we live in the flesh by the faith or the faithfulness of the Son of God, and we've been crucified. This is what took place. Jesus died in our place. I believe that there, we need to revisit. We need to preach this we, to ourselves. We need to hear this. We, there's not enough preaching about the cross. The cross reminds us, is where mercy and, 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 and the punishment, the wrath of God meet. It's at that place that people are able to receive the life of God. Galatians 6.14, we didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, but Galatians 6.14 says this. Let me go over there. Galatians 6.14. We're talking about the divine exchange. Galatians 6.14 says this. But God forbid I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world has been crucified to me and I to him. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything but a new creation. The scripture tells us that we're not to boast in anything but the cross. Our boasting is about the cross of Jesus. There are books that have, have really gone in about the cross. I'm I actually reading a book right now. It's about an 800-page book about the crucifixion and the death of Christ. In the book of Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, let's look at verse 8. Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. We're talking about the divine exchange. Philippians 2, verse 8 says this. It says, And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even a death of the cross. So we see Jesus becoming a man. Jesus born of a virgin, became a man, lived a sinless life, died, as I say, a vicarious death. He became a man and became obedient, even until the point of death, the death of the cross. This cross is not something that we should think lightly of. Colossians chapter 1, verse 28. Colossians chapter 1. I'm just taking my time as we go through different verses dealing with the cross. Colossians 1 verse 20 says this, And by him, let's start with verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell by him to reconcile all things to himself by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. That cross is something that we boast of. According to Galatians, Galatians 2.20, we've been crucified with Christ, that Jesus was obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, Philippians 2, and then Colossians chapter 1, verse 20, it says, having been made, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Jesus made peace. Do you know that our sin made us at war with God? Sin causes the wrath of God, the anger of God, the judgment of God. God who is holy, God who is another, God who does, has never sinned. Has, it's impossible for him to lie, and yet he has to judge sin. Yet he has to pronounce judgment on the very thing that we have become. And this scripture tells us that Jesus made peace through his blood The power of the cross is found in the blood of Jesus. And revelation says we overcome by the blood, the word of our testimony and the blood of the lamb. What what are you testifying to? What the blood has done for you. And and that's a whole nother, I have a sermon. It's on SoundCloud or Spotify, Google Play, Apple Apple Podcasts and some, some of the other Amazon music. And it's called pleading the blood. You should look it up. That's a good sermon to listen to. To plead means to take your stand. My stance is the blood. So when the enemy comes against me, I remind him of what the blood did for me. I have peace with God. When thoughts of condemnation and guilt, there are times that you feel guilty. When you sin, you feel there's a, a sense of guilt or condemnation. When you lie or when you cheat or when you... You know, do something that you know that God doesn't want you to do. There's a guilt associated with sin. Sin produces guilt, condemnation. What's condemnation? Where you, you, know, you condemn, you feel like, you know, have you ever felt like when you sinned or messed up, oh, I'm just horrible, I'm the worst person in the world. Well, that sin makes you feel that way. But the blood of Jesus cleanses us. It makes us as if we've never sinned. The blood of Jesus also purchased our conscience and we need to be delivered from sin consciousness. In other words, stop being being conscious of our sins but become conscious of his righteousness. (laughs) Understanding how what he's made you. I'm not saying not to acknowledge your sins but once you confess your sins, that's the way in which God has provided f- to get rid of our sins. When we confess our sins, it releases us to receive his forgiveness. See, he's already provided forgiveness for us. We need to just confess. And once we confess our sin, and the word confess means to confess and forsake, and according to Proverbs. You, if you confess and you forsake your sin, then you receive Mercy. How many know we all need mercy? God is the God of mercy. He's more merciful than we think we are, than than we think He is. There is a sea of His grace and a sea of His mercy. Mercy. The Bible even goes and says that his mercy endures forever. His anger is but for a moment, but his mercy endures a lifetime. Glory to God. How many know that that is what the gospel is about? Providing mercy for those of us who need it. mercy is giving us something that not given us something that we deserve. When we say, Lord, have mercy, give me something that I don't deserve. And grace is, is giving us something that we can't earn. Mercy is not, is, 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 not give, is not giving us something that we deserve. And grace is giving us something that we can't earn. Thank God for his grace and his mercy. And the scripture tells us, having made peace through the blood of his cross. It was that blood. Recently, my sons and I and, and my wife and my mom, we were looking at the passion of the Christ. We went back and looked at that movie that by Mel Gilson that was so powerful, I encourage you to go look at it. We also looked at a movie on, I think it's on it's on Flex called Risen, and it talks about the blood of Jesus, and talks about the crucifixion, and the resurrection of Christ. Those things are, are designed to entertain us, but above all, they're designed to teach us more, make us mindful of who Christ is. So it's through his blood, the blood of his cross, that we have been made peace, we have peace with God where there was once a anger towards us and a judgment towards us. The Bible tells us that we've been saved from his wrath. The blood of Jesus cleansed us and caused that wrath to be turned into favor. It's what the Bible calls propitiation, where God's blood, the blood of Jesus, turned that wrath into favor. at At one time, we were under the wrath of God. What are you saved from? You're saved from the wrath of God, the wrath to come, the judgment of God. That's something that a lot of people don't talk about. Everybody wants to emphasize his love and we should emphasize his love. But let me tell you something. There is a wrath. There is a anger. There is a judgment of God. That many people don't are not made aware of. It's not just about the love, but it's also about his wrath. And when you understand what you've been saved from, when we talk about being saved from our sins, we're really talking about being saved from his judgment on us, his judgment, his wrath, his anger, and receiving the favor. There's a message that I preached years ago called "In Christ Alone," and it's in Christ alone that we have been declared to be just before a holy and righteous God, that none of our works can earn God's love and God's favor, but only what Jesus did, his, his sinless birth, his sinless life, his, his standing in our place, being condemned, receiving the anger and the judgment and the, you know, the wrath of God, Bearing that in his death, cleansing the the mercy seat with his blood, been resurrected by the power of the Holy Spirit, been seen among the apostles and the disciples for forty days, ascended up on high. Then he turned around, was sent. He was sent at his own, at the Father's own right hand, a place of power and authority. Ever lives to make intercession for the saints. He sent the Spirit of God to dwell inside of us, to give us the things that His blood accomplished. And He promised to come back for us and to turn this earth into a new heaven and a new earth. What a glorious journey it is to be part of this kingdom and part. This is the divine exchange. He took our names. <laughs> and placed our names in the land's book of life, gave us his name to use against the devil to overcome in this world. Amen. I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting excited as I think about the blood of Jesus and this, this cross that Jesus has died to give us. Colossians chapter 2, verse 13, and you've been dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh. He has made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses glory to god everything that we've ever done wrong was forgiven was forgiven through christ having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us which was contrary to us he has taken it out of the way having nailed it to the cross jesus nailed our sins our guilt, our condemnation of the cross. No longer am I looked at as a sinner. He became the ugly thing that I was, so that I can become the beautiful thing that He is, a son of God. There are sons and daughters in the Son. Glory to God. When we first got born into this world, when we first was born, we were born into sin. We were born into the first Adam. But when we got born again, we became alive in the second Adam or the last Adam. Where Adam missed it, Jesus, the second Adam and the last Adam, fulfilled it. Where Adam disobeyed, Jesus obeyed. Where the children of Israel Jesus fulfilled. Glory to God. The prophecies of the judgments of God from the Old Testament was fulfilled in Christ. All the promises of God are yes and amen in Christ. It is in Christ we have a wealthy place, a place with him, a place of love, a place of deliverance. Everything that we need is in Christ. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's go. To go with me to Colossians, excuse me, um, Hebrews chapter twelve. Jesus canceled the record of debt that stood against us. We are forgiven of our debts with God. Jesus paid the greatest debt of all time with His life. His life, His sinless life, and and He was which was an offering that God demanded for the forgiveness and salvation. of of the Lord to be given to all those who believe in Christ. It is in Christ that we have forgiveness of sins. I believe that we take the forgiveness of sins lightly. I know I have. (laughs) We, We don't appreciate what it took for our sins to be forgiven. Jesus nailed our trespasses to that cross. This is why we need to talk about it. That Paul, especially Paul, he highlights the cross in the resurrection throughout his epistles. The gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John tells us what took place, but we really see the implications of the cross and of the gospel in the epistles. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two says this. Hebrews chapter 12, verse two, we're talking about the divine exchange. It says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. We need to look unto Jesus, who's the author and the finisher of our faith, who endured the cross for the joy that was set before him, the joy Of the father being satisfied, his wrath being satisfied. The joy of redeeming God's people unto God. The joy of the forgiveness of God's people. We stand before God as if we've never sinned. We stand before God as clean before God as Adam and Eve were prior to the fall. God does not see sin on our lives if you're born again. Now, if you're not born again, you're under his wrath. You're under his judgment and you can receive deliverance from the judgment that is to come. Glory to God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians. I I feel myself. I feel my help coming. (laughs) My help cometh from the Lord. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Glory to God. Let's look at verse 11 says knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. We persuade, we persuade men that that's, that's a weighty scripture knowing therefore the terror of the Lord. Now that's a good subject. A a, a series you can talk about the terror of the Lord. We persuade men, but we are well known to God. I trust I also trust are well known in your conscience. For we do not commit ourselves again to you, but give you opportunity to boast on our behalf, that you may have an answer for those who boast in appearance and not in heart. For if we are beside ourselves, it is for God. Or if we are of sound mind, it is for you. For the love of God, love of Christ, constrains us or compels us because we judge thus. If one died for all, then all died. He died for all that those who live should live no longer for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Check that scripture out. That he died, if one died for all, then all died. So Jesus did not die for himself. I'm going to keep saying it. Jesus did not die for himself, but he died for all of humanity. If one died, then all died. Just like in Adam, if one sinned, all sinned. If one died, all died. And it goes on, it says he died for all. So those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. Jesus died for us. He was rose from the dead for our justification, for our righteousness, for us being declared righteous before God or just before God. We have been declared justice, justified before God because of Jesus being resurrected from the dead. If he died for us, we should live for him. You're not to live for yourself, but you should live unto God. You don't belong to yourself, as 1 Corinthians says. We belong to God. God owns us twice, once by mere creation, second by the precious blood of Jesus. Therefore, we're to glorify God in our bodies and even in our spirits, God calls us. He calls us unto himself. You're not to live for yourself. Even as Galatians 2.20 says, for Christ, we've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, it's not I who live, but Christ that lives inside of me. In the life that I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith or the faithfulness of of the Son of God. So the exchange is for his death, we give him our life. For his death, we became dead with him. We were dead in our trespasses and sin, but he's made us alive. So no longer are we to live unto ourselves. Jesus died so that we can live unto the one who died for us. You're not called to live your own life, to pursue your own dreams, but it's all about him and it's all about his kingdom. Glory to God. I'm getting excited here thinking about this. For the love of Christ constrains us or compels us. The love one died for all, therefore, all have died. Our identity is in Christ. Christ's death was our death. As we think about his death, as we think about the, the 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 sin was placed upon him that he, his his very appearance was marred that we he did not even appear to be a man because of the the amount of the sin of the world the sin of the entire world past present and future was placed upon jesus this death this is the sin above all sins that will send you to a place called hell this is the death This is the sin of the rejection of Jesus, the turning away of God's precious son. We are alive in Christ. And this is the gospel. His life that God so loved the entire world that he sent Jesus to die for us. No matter how long, how much how many times have you heard John 3 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten and only unique son, the 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 the, the God man, the, the 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 mediator, as Timothy says. For there is one mediator between God and man, the man, Christ Jesus. God becoming a man to die in man's place, so that man can become and offspring of God. for it is in Christ that we live and move and have our existence. God has called us unto his son Jesus so that we can know the only true God, his son and his son Jesus Christ. For this is eternal life that you may know the only true God and his son Jesus Christ. For truly our fellowship is with the Father and the Son. God wants us to know him. God wants us to live for him. You are not to live to yourself, but you're to live to God divine exchange, his death for our lives, his his punishment for, for his favor. God gave us, we were, he was punished for us so that we could receive the favor of God. And when we talk about favor, I'm talking about more than finding a, a perfect parking space. I'm talking about favor with God, having favor that God no longer is going to pour his wrath on us. That's favor. That's favor. That's the favor of God. Thank God for the other favors. Favor in school, favor on the job, favor in business, favor in life, favor with parents and and spouses and kids. Those are the offsprings. That's the icing on the cake. But the real favor is favor with God. (laughs) To have favor with God, it it, it costs Jesus' life to provide favor for us favor, that we can have favor with God, that no longer are we at war with God. Now, God, when he looks at us, he sees his son, Jesus. He sees the blood of Jesus. He sees the life of Jesus. He sees the work in the person of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let's continue. Um, Verse 16, it says, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, even though we have known Christ according to the flesh. Yet now we know him, thus no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have come, become new. Old things are passed away. My old nature has passed away. My old way of thinking has passed away. The sin that was on my life, that stained my life, has passed away. When you get born again, nothing changed physically in the sense of your, if you if you had no hair prior to being born again, you still don't have any hair after you get born again. What changed was that wrath has passed away, that judgment has passed away, that sin has passed away, that old life and old nature. God has given us new. the newness of life in Christ. Now, all things are of God who has re- reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself now, imputing their trespasses to them and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. This is what God did in Christ. I said this before, but it bears repetition. It's important that I repeat it. What Satan did through Adam is sin. God did far more in Christ through grace and righteousness. And this right here says that it was God who was in Christ reconciling the world to himself. It was God causing the world to be reconciled to God himself, that God has made provision for the world to come to himself. He imputed not their trespasses, but has committed to us the word of reconciliation. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God were pleading through us We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we may become the righteousness of God in him. This is from God. We are his ambassador. We are his representation, representatives. We represent him. Christ represented us at the cross. This is the divine exchange. Now we represent him on the earth. Christ took our place. And now on the earth, as part of the body of Christ, we take his place. There are not many Jesus on the earth. There's one Jesus in heaven who sits at the right hand of the Father. But his body is on the earth. We are his body. So we represent Christ. Christ represents us at the right hand of the Father. We represent Christ on the earth to the world. He is our substitute. Not just in our example. He, his life was our, was our example, but he is our substitute. We are to be reconciled to God. We are to be co- re- com- connected with God through Christ. God made Christ to become sin for us that we may become the righteousness of God in Christ. We are the righteousness of God. Christ became sin so that we can become righteous. Christ became poor so that we can become rich. Christ was forsaken so we can be accepted. Christ came into darkness so we can be the light, in the light. Christ bore our sickness so we can be healed. Christ came to the earth so we can go to heaven. Christ exchanged his sinless life so that we can have his righteous life. This is the divine exchange. There's so much more of the cross of Christ. We haven't even touched the surface as we think about what actually took place. Every need of humanity was met in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. And I want you to take some time this week. I want you to meditate on these truths. Go back and listen to the sermon. Think about the cross. Look at those passages that deals with the cross. This may be something you've heard all your life, but I am I challenge your, your way of thinking to think about the cross of Jesus, to think about the resurrection as we deal with the resurrection next week. I want you to think about what Jesus actually did for us. We became complete in him. We were broken. We were torn apart. We were dis- full of dysfunction, but God made us one. He made us Whole and complete. We are complete in Christ. In him I have no lack. In him I have no losses. In him. See, if I have Christ, I have everything that I need for life and godliness. I have my peace with God. Therefore, I have peace from God. I have my joy in God. He, Lord, restore unto us the joy that that Jesus went to the cross with. For the joy That was set before him. He endured the cross, despising the shame. Jesus died in your place so that you could live for him forever. Jesus died so you could spend eternity with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. So today, today I call you to, to come to faith in Christ. There's no other greater joy in life. I'm not talking about making you rich. I'm not talking about that God's gonna make you rich. I'm not talking about God's gonna make your life better. Actually, sometimes when you get saved, things get turned upside down. It's like a train wreck. Things, you know, things that you thought was okay. God comes and he shakes things up. He sets up a war inside of you. You was once on Satan's side. Now you're part of the family of God. So now you have invoked a war on your life. So when you get saved, these don't always turn out to be right. <laughs> but we overcome by the word of God. And the word of our testimony, and the blood of the Lamb, we even our faith is the victory that overcomes the world. There's something greater than a bigger car and a nicer house, a, a wonderful family. That, that's a relationship with God. I'm telling you, I'm going back to what this thing is all about. Even more so, understanding the gospel and understanding the cross. So I call you today. If you don't know Jesus, I call you to the cross. You see that cross behind me? I call you to the cross. Come and bow down at the cross and receive eternal life. Receive a relationship with God through Christ. Be- have your sins forgiven. You're not okay with God. You're not okay with God. I know y- we want to think that we're okay, that everything is okay. There's something greater than favor with man. It's- there's favor with God and God has provided favor with himself through his son Jesus Christ. So today I call you to the cross so that you can receive forgiveness. It's at the cross that 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 divine exchange takes place. It's at the cross that you receive the forgiveness that is in Jesus Christ. It's at the cross that when you are broken now he makes you whole. He makes you complete. So if you want to receive Jesus Christ I want I ask you to boldly pray this prayer with me. There's no magic in the prayer but only faith in God and praying this prayer is a way to release your faith in the living Christ. So today I ask you to repeat and to Pray this with all your heart. Say, Father God, I come to you in Jesus' name and I'm asking you to forgive me of all of my sins. I confess that I am a sinner and I need Jesus. I receive Jesus as my Savior. I believe that you sent Jesus to die in my place. Therefore, I Receive him as Savior. I receive him as Lord. And I confess him with my mouth that Jesus is Lord. I believe that God raised Christ from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is the Christ. That Jesus is the Lord. And I receive him. I receive the Holy Spirit. Fill me with your spirit. Give me my prayer language. Thank you, Lord, for saving me. If you pray that prayer, know welcome to the family of God. Know that you are part of the family of God. Email us at info at kingdomlivingnj.org to find out what to do next. I, I, I encourage you to contact us, to let us know. We are believing God every week for people to be born again. That is the greatest decision that you'll ever make. God has provided for his people. And if you're looking for a church home, we invite you to be a part of our growing church here in Perth Amboy. You can contact us at that same email address, info at kingdomlivingnj.org to get information about how to become part of a church. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God, striving to prepare people for eternity. There's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun, and today is your day to receive Jesus. Today is your day to receive healing in your body. Receive Just like you uh, people receive Christ as their Savior, you can receive Christ, the healer. So receive healing into your body. Wherever there's sickness and disease, Christ wants to destroy that stuff and cause it to go from your life forever. He's a healer. He's a deliverer. You can be delivered from cigarettes right now. You can be delivered from cussing. You can be delivered from fornication. You can be delivered from homosexuality. You can be delivered from any kind of thing that's holding you bound up. Receive your deliverance today in Jesus' name. Praise God.
0: That concludes this week's message, and thank you very much for listening. For more information about Kingdom Living Ministries, please call us at 732-324-2200 or visit our website at kingdomlivingnj.org. Also, you can write to us by mail at P.O. Box 519, Grand New Jersey. 08073. And lastly, if you would like to partner with this ministry through your prayers or financial support, contact us via email at partners at org. Our prayer is that this message has encouraged you to live out the kingdom of God daily in your life by your obedience to his word. God bless you.